really do just praise wrestling for taking me out the hood and just providing a better life for me and my family, you know? We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast presented by Spartan Combat. This is your host, Ryan Warner. It's Wednesday, November 30th. This episode's presented by Beat the Street Chicago. They're our favorite nonprofit in wrestling. Beat the Street Chicago is the largest youth wrestling organization in Illinois. They have a standalone facility. They're impacting hundreds and thousands of kids each year. And Beat the Street Chicago this past summer held a Beat the Streets National Duels, where Beat the Streets organizations from across the country came to Chicago to compete in a dual team tournament. And the experience for the kids was amazing. Beat the Street Chicago just released a documentary which chronicles the Beat the Streets duels. Go to btschicago.org to watch the film. This episode is with Darian Caldwell, national champ for North Carolina State. He had an epic NCAA Finals with the great Brent Metcalf. That's unforgettable. It was great having Darian on the podcast. Fan of the week goes to our friend Jeremiah Breen, the proud new owner of a Wrestling Change My Life coffee mug. Jeremiah is representing Santan Valley, Arizona. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And if you want to support the podcast, go to store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mug stickers. And before we get to this episode with Darren Caldwell, a final shout-out to our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens has been a sponsor of this podcast for almost a year. Go to athleticgreens.com slash WCML to take advantage of a special offer. Five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D. That's five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D. Athletic Greens is the company behind AG1, which is your nutritional cheat code, and it's a perfect fit for all those wrestling parents that are looking to keep their kids chock full of greens this winter. It's also great for a post-weigh-in meal, AG1. Put one scoop of AG1 into a glass of water, mix it up, slam it down, and you have your daily allotment of vitamins, minerals, and superfoods. Athleticgreens.com slash WCML to get five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D. That's it, folks. Let's give it up for the great Darian 
Coldwell. Folks, a quick warning. The first five minutes of this interview, Darian took from his car, and most of the interview takes place with Darian at his home. The last 30 seconds, Darian gives us a tour of his house. Just a quick reference. Enjoy the show, folks. Darian Caldwell, welcome to the podcast, my man. It's good to be here. I, I just rewatched a bunch of your matches. Dude, the one I didn't know about, the Ryan Lane quarterfinal from 2007. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was a barn burner right there, man. And for folks who don't know your story, tell us about Rahway, New Jersey, man. Tell us about the early days. Uh, yeah, man, I grew up you know, in the rough neighborhoods of Rahway, New Jersey, man. I learned a lot there. Pretty much my base, you know, became an athletic kid out there, you know, just learning how to flip off fences and, you know, started off on, on dirty mattresses across the street at the at the junkyard, we find dirty mattresses at the parts and stuff like that. Wherever we can find, we flipping off them, you know. And then that led to me jumping off fences and then little buildings, like little little buildings, like uh, you know, just crazy stuff as a kid, you know. Always fighting, and but you know, I grew up in a, a strong family. Um, like I had both of my parents, you know. I had a bunch of siblings, you know, always fighting and stuff like that. So for me. <clears throat> Wrestling was just kind of fit, you know. I my, my very first wrestling practice, I was I was good, you know. I'd say, you know, in my own um, my own books, I felt like I was, you know, holding my own. And for me, it just wrestling kind of just clicked early, you know. I, I, I hit the ground running when it comes to you know, that first year. I didn't even though I was actually gonna be wrestling, I was training just practicing and stuff and um that was i was in fourth grade i had a buddy who um we were we were actually in his backyard and he was on a wrestling team we played football together uh, and we got to tussling and i kind of slammed him on his back and his dad was like man we gotta get you out on the team we gotta come out to wrestle you know um long story short i went out that whole year pretty much watched it Watched him do tournaments, and I trained that whole year. And fifth grade year, I was like, "All right, let's do this." So we started taking my coaches started taking me around, um, around the tournaments, Rosa Parks and Cranford, and places like that around around Rawway. And and so once we realized I was winning these tournaments early, you know being pretty good guys, you know, guys that were doing it for a while, we kind of just stuck with it, you know. And so that's how wrestling became, you know, a part of my life. It, it really just kept me away from all the BS that was happening around me. I really do just um, praise wrestling for, you know, taking me out the hood and just providing a better life for me and my family, you know. Obviously, I, I've had a bunch of great coaches um, who've had their hand on me growing up. You know, um, our, our our high school coach Fred Stuber, he just actually retired. You know, after a long stint, um, he's you know he's the he's a guy who took nothing to something. You know, 
Uh, he didn't wrestle in high school. He didn't wrestle in college. You know, he boxed, but he's, he became a dedicated wrestling coach in Rahway, and he produced multiple state champions, you know. That type of dedication you don't see every day from a coach, you know. And so when you can get those type of coaches, uh, you hold on to them, you know. So outside of your uh, high school coach, tell me about how you met J-Rock, Johnny um, Johnson. Well, we we did – started off – we started off um, doing wrestling uh, matches. He put together these crazy lineups of dudes. Um Myself and Jordan Oliver, Alex Mead, Jordan Burroughs, uh, the Garrett brothers. He put Vince Jones, Demetrius uh, Hester's. Like he put together this crazy lineup of dudes and bring us all in and, and have us all together and, and working out. And it, it kind of just became a family, you know. Um, and so we go around all around East Coast and, and just dog these teams out. And it kind of just created a brotherhood, you know. What Johnny did um, for us and with us, um, I don't see that happening now. You know, it's hard to find three, four national champions all under one room in a high school program, you know, a high school club, you know. You just don't see that anymore. Um, but what Johnny was doing and um, when I was around wrestling coming up, you know, it, it, it wasn't matched, you know. And we'd go into these tournaments and, and everybody knew, like, man, we're all two for ones here. It's about to be a show. It's not just going to be uh, a blowout, but we also always give a show, you know? Uh, so. What was Burroughs like uh, back in those days? Burroughs was quiet. more. He was still the same guy, you know? But you could see Burroughs making a transition to his, like, stepping into his true form, you know? Uh, which was cool to see. He's, he, he was one of those guys that he's – He'd have some tough matches, but he'd always pull it out, you know, where it's like, man, you should have dogged that dude. Like, you should have – it shouldn't have been close. Like, what you were doing at the end of the match, you should have been doing in the beginning of the match, you know. So, uh, to see Burroughs, uh, him just being being able to dominate from first period to the third period nowadays is is like, wow, he, he really just stepped into his true form, you know, because he had a lot of flashes of greatness in high school, you know. Um and a lot more flashes toward the end, you know? And so um, it's just a credit to hard work, you know, and dedication, stand down and doing what you do, you know? And so when you guys were going to to work out with Johnny Johnson, was this like a couple times a week you guys would go and it was like a club deal or you meet up on Sundays? Like what was kind of the structure of it? And how often would you guys meet? Well, I'd go down there. For me, I'd go down there as many times as I can, um, usually on the weekends. You know, if I if we can get some time off during the weekday, uh, I go out there. It was just fun to be be out there with Johnny. You know, driving his driving around in his fast car. You know, uh, Johnny's always always been a, a team player. You know, so uh, and and a great role model for us. You know, so just to be around Johnny, we always want to be around. And 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 so for me, it was once, maybe twice a week if I could. You know, but. Uh, he was he was South Jersey, so I I just get down there as much as I can. And Johnny really was was vocal and and reaching out and making sure I was there, you know, making sure I got there. And so that was that was huge. That was big, you know. 
And tell me about like your your memories of the Jersey State tournament and how you did through there. Uh, Jersey State, I used to just run through them for real. You know, uh, it's not much. It wasn't much to it. I lost four matches, all, all of them being my freshman year. You know, so but I knew early on. I, I thought I could have been a four-time state champ. I knew early on um, I was great, you know, at wrestling. And so, you know, not just athletic-wise, but I really put in the time and, and the hours that most people didn't, you know, despite, like, what anybody acts like they know, you know. I put countless amount of hours into the sport. And so training has always been my life, you know. Uh, I've trained way more hours than I've competed, you know. And so uh, that's just been – that was just normal, you know. Yeah, what was like your what was your routine when you were really in the thick of it in high school? Were you doing like morning runs, two a days, or what was it like for you? Man, it was just regular. I wasn't I wasn't doing anything crazy except going to, like I said, when my friends was going out at, on the weekends and you know hanging out at after school and stuff. I had to be in the restroom room every day, you know. And then once I left the restroom room in Rawway, I had to go down to South Jersey, you know. Um, or I had to do extra work, you know, it was it was just the the extra credit, you know. Uh, I was always doing extra credit, you know, not just putting in the regular hours that the standard kid would be doing, you know. Most kids go home and after a practice and start playing video games, you know, but that wasn't the lifestyle that I lived, you know. I lived the wrestling lifestyle to where I had to go do other practices. I had to be watching film, you know. Everything consisted around wrestling, you know, where I was cutting weight or doing something that mattered, you know. And so uh, wrestling, coming up in Jersey, though, you know, it's just tough. It's rough, you know. But, again, I always knew I was the best, you know. So I, I set the bar, you know, and I set the bar and everybody else followed, you know. I've, I've been setting the bar, um, I mean, 146 and four. I mean, it speaks for itself. I felt like I was just running through guys, you know. But dedication and hard work, you know, I really had to grind for it. It wasn't like I woke up in the middle of the night and just happened to be good. You know, I had to work and I had to sacrifice um, stuff like that, you know. And you were playing football, too. Oh, yeah. Football football for me was, was kind of one of those things that helped my wrestling, you know, because uh, I, I come back maybe a little bit more fast, you know, than most guys, a little bit more shifty than most guys, where guys were still putting their bodies into wrestling motions. I was putting my, my body into football motions, making myself getting more explosive, getting more agile, you know. Um, all the things that football players possess in terms of athleticism, I was creating that on the field, you know. What position did you play? Uh, uh, football, I was cornerback. I was cornerback, played quarterback. Like I said, I, I was dragging all my friends on a football team to come wrestle, you know. Like, and they showed our, our guy, Andre Neblet, my best friend, he wound up, again, uh, getting drafted to the Carolina Panthers <clears throat> before he got traded to the Patriots, you know, where he finished his career out, out there in New England. But, you know, he started wrestling in eighth grade, you know. And my dad and I, we would just stay on him. All the tournaments I went to, he went to, you know. And then his freshman year, uh, he never really wanted to wrestle, but he just – he was competitive, you know. 
And so he was, and he was always with me. So he, he loved to compete. And so he stuck with it and ended up taking fifth in the state his junior year and then fourth at state his senior year. And I do believe he could have went on and wrestled in college, you know, but football was just calling, you know. And so but what I think uh, wrestling did was really help his football game to the next level because we we had a lot of lot more guys than just him. I'd say we had two other potential NFL players on our team, right? But what wrestling did for Dre was create a coordination that I don't think those other guys were was was necessarily getting, you know, um, through wrestling, knowing how to use his hands. His, his stiff arm was retarded. He had the craziest stiff arm you'd see. Uh, and he ended up playing on a, a office or defensive line, you know? So he, Where'd he, he go to college at? He went to Temple University, you know, so there was no wrestling. I guarantee, though, if it was wrestling at Temple, he could have probably been a double, double sport All-American type, you know? But he had actually wound up wrestling <clears throat> Demetrius Hester, um, at state and close match, a good match, but he lost, you know. Um, uh, he wrestled Zach Rays, you know, he's wrestled the who's who's at heavyweight in uh, in New Jersey and, and did well. Um, so, and you said your dad, your dad would take you guys to tournaments. Was your dad an athlete? My dad swam, um, but uh. I mean, he's just as much of a wrestler as I am. He's been there since I've, I've been wrestling. So I feel like wrestling is one of those things where you don't have to be the most athletic. You don't have to be the strongest. You don't have to be the fastest. You just got to be the most dedicated, you know? And when you're the most dedicated, you get results. You know, I, I think my dad really grew into the sport, uh, grew with the sport, and he learned a lot. So I feel like he's a wrestler and it's in his set. Like, you know, without actually having to put his body into motion, you know? My mom's the same way, dude. She didn't know anything <laughs> about it. And then at by the time we were done, she was like as much a wrestler as anyone I know. And she still loves it to this day you as know? much as anyone I know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they acquire the skills, too, just by watching, you know? And it's a big commitment for those folks. Yeah. Yeah. To be at a wrestling match all day, I could. Man, it's just a credit to them because it's boring, it's hot. You know, you got just boys just tackling each other all day, beating each other up all day. Like, if, man, you really got to be dedicated. <laughs> you got to really be dedicated to wrestling to do that year in and year out, you know. And it's just a credit to our parents for, you know, sticking with us and, being there when we need them, you know? And so being a three-time Jersey State champ, what kind of attention were you getting from colleges coming out of high school? I was getting all the attention. It was one of those things for me. It's like uh, pick five schools and, and we'll we'll take visits there, you know? And that's what that's pretty much what I did out. But I, I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to see this. And I want to go here. And so I wound up taking three visits and, and was like, all right, I'm going to go to NC State, you know. But it, it's easy when you're in, when, when you a three time state champ to get noticed, at least in Jersey, you know, three time state champ out in 
South Carolina is probably a little different, right? Mm-hmm. But and that's no kick on South Carolina, right? But it just is what it is, you know. No, for sure, for sure. Now I heard you almost went to Nebraska and wrestled with Mark Manning. Talk about the relationship you and Coach Manning had. Well, we just kind of built a bond, you know. It was just, it was just like me and Manning kind of just clicked, you know. It was something about Mark and I that we've just really clicked in. But for me, like if I could have had Mark Manning, the school of my choice, I would have done that, you know. But I, I just didn't want to be in Nebraska. It just wasn't for me. And Raleigh's a nice place. The weather, campus is beautiful. Yeah, they they both real nice places, you know. It's just your choice, you know. I I, I got to Raleigh, and I was like, man, this is this is where I want to be. Um, Coach Tony Davis and Carter Jordan. Um, Tony Davis, I forgot he was a coach there. I just did a documentary on Tony Davis last year. You you know that's what I'm saying. Like if Mark if Mark if, like let me let me not because I love Carter Jordan by far. You know, one of my favorite coaches of all time. You know, the head coach at NC State was Carter Jordan. But you know, uh, Tony Davis has that history with Mark Manning, where Mark coached him to a national title, right? And so when I got like. I feel like when I when I got to NC State, I'm like, all right, I got a little bit of Mark Manning here and Tony Davis. Um, so and I love the campus and the people around it. So I'm gonna just stick here. But you know, that was that was my thing, man. That was my guy. Mark Manning, you know, was my guy. And uh even after I graduated and I was battling some injuries, um Went to the Olympic Training Center, was still in a sling, you know, battling some injuries. Finally got out the sling, like, later on in the summer, uh, my time at the Olympic Training Center. And then uh, once my time was up, I just wasn't, like, able to do much for the team. I couldn't uh, Mm -hmm. train or do much. So it just wasn't meant for me to be at the training center, you know. Uh, Tell me about working I, with Tony Davis early on. Oh yeah, but yeah, I got it. But before I talk about that, yeah. so I had got in contact with Mark Manning, um, or vice versa. Maybe Jordan talked to Mark for me, and I was out in Nebraska after I was done wrestling at NC State. So I lived in uh, Mark Manning's house. He invited me to his home. He let me stay with him what? after I was done graduate. After I had graduated. I was like banged up. I was already a broken wrestler. Wrestler, nobody wanted to deal with me, right? I'm not winning. I'm not. I don't have my winning ways. Mark Manning brought me to his home, let me live with his two kids, his wife, and just gave me opportunity. You know, he helped, he brought me on the staff, like not like officially on Nebraska staff, but he helped let me coach with the, like the kids and uh, train with the kids and. I was basically a part of the regional training center. And, and so uh, that was a short lived um, time because shortly after I got a call from uh, my management while I was in Mark Manning's basement, I had got a call from Dave Martin, actually Lee Pritz. Lee Pritz was called me 
while I was at Manning's house. And he's like, yo, talking to this guy. Well, we, we had done a, a wrestling clinic for a uh, log wrestling out in South Dakota. It's beer for South Dakota. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm with Terry Pack right now. I'm talking to this guy, Dave Martin, another South Dakota guy, right? And what do you think about MMA? He got guys like Bader and da da da. You know, I'm, so I'm in Manning's basement, listening, talking to Chris, like, man, listening to all the things that you know they were talking about and just what MMA was. You know, it's just crazy. So I wound up going from Mark Manning's basement. You know, he had a decked out basement that I stayed in. All it was all sick, and uh, to move back to New Jersey for like a week and then. Boom, I, I went and started my MMA career in Arizona just through that that little conversation with Lee Prince and linking me up with Dave Martin through um, Terry Pack um, and getting, getting the ball rolling on, on my MMA career. But, th- yeah, man, that that was crazy. You know, Mark Madden let me live with him after I was done competing and I was already an old washed-up wrestler. He still had faith and he still had that, that love for me, you know. Um, to to because I was drowning, bro. Like you know, like when you don't when when you're not winning wrestling matches. I mean, when you're not winning fights, it sucks. When you're not really winning wrestling matches, you oh my gosh, you know. So it's like. So is that why after so after you beat Metcalf, and we're gonna dive into that match, but after you beat Metcalf, you still had one year remaining in college, right? Yeah, I had uh, that summer. I dislocated my shoulder. And it, I was not the same, and I will. I was disrespecting myself, and it—it it, it is what it is. Uh, I just didn't know how to wrestle with the injury. You know, like I couldn't. I didn't know that because what happened was when I dislocated it, and I came back to seven months because I, I did. Did that in 2009, like September 2009, dislocated it, and I won in 2009, you know. I had a good uh, national team run. You know, I made a national team that summer, and I got back to school, and I dislocated my shoulder, tore my liver, and then I had to get a surgery a couple days after, and then seven months after that, I went to the Olympic Training Center, and I took a double. I won a took a shot on Angel Suhudo and he sprawled in and my shoulder popped. And then I just like, man, just a simple, like, I don't know if this is like for me, like right now, you know, but long story short, after I had got a surgery, I dislocated it again. Mm. That was, the, that was my red shirt year. So I took that whole year off um, to heal it in, in red shirt. And uh, when I came back, uh, dislocated again and now I'm like all right my red shirt's here over now I'm back to a busted up shoulder again so now I gotta do figure something out and what happened was uh it was like I was kind of debating either either staying at NC State and just like trying to get my degree finished out or go to the Olympic training center and just fully just focus on like getting another surgery rehabbing it and like trying to do this Olympic thing you know and I said, like most kids would, you know, I was like, I'm going to stay in school. You know, I want to go, I want to stay around my friends and stuff. And, you know, even though I, 
I, I knew I wouldn't, I wasn't a hundred percent. I was like, I'm gonna just wrestle through this year. I'm not gonna get any surgeries. I wanna be my around my friends, try to get this degree. And that's what I did, you know? Uh, so I did that uh, while I was going back to state. And yeah, that was that, that same, that, so that after that redshirt year and then that year that I came back after the redshirt year, I could barely, like it was in and out all season. My shoulder was in out all season. And then finally, but I was able to win ACCs and get that done. You know, I really do, I, I really do just pat myself on the back because I was battling so many injuries. I, again, I, I don't even know how I even won the ACCs, but it, I got it done, you know? That's like, a gritty win. Nah, for sure. And, and, but it's just, it's just a, it just, it didn't even feel good though, you know? Like, I'm like, damn, bro. I'm all, like, I'm used to pinning every single guy in the ACC. Like, I don't care who it is. Like, you know, I, like, I'm undefeated in the ACC, never lost the ACC conference match, you know? Like, like, it was, like, if I always believe, like, if I can't go out there and do the ACC guys dirty, I'm just not going to go out there nationally and do anything, you know? So I used to always just take pride in that. And I was able to get through that fourth ACC title. was like 10 and no going into, because I wrestled maybe six matches, matches before ACCs, maybe like seven. Then I wrestled those three um, in the ACCs and then wound up winning it, got to the tournament. My first match was something crazy, like, 21 to six to score something crazy. It was a high scoring match. And I know I remember coming off like, damn, I don't think my shoulder's gonna be able to do this. Like, you know, next match I, I wrestled a little Crowley's and uh which I already been doing his brother up. Like, you know, not saying that the younger one ain't can't be do better, but I've been doing your brother up, spladling them, doing all type of stuff, like pinning them majors, like you no know, <clears throat> both. <clears throat> Got a major on them in, you know, this year, like so. And then I went out and got injured against him, like tore my labrum. And you go online, you see a, a picture of Pritz like pull, trying to pull my shoulder back in. Um, and this is crazy because just yesterday was like my first day really back into wrestling. No shit. Man, I forget that Lee Pritz and Noel Lobin were there at the same time when you were there. Like, I was like, damn, I, I've had Noel on the podcast. Love that dude. Noel Lobin is everything, man. Just a straight up G, like just a big ball of love, no bull, like, you know, very, just a dictionary, you know. But this, this life, man, that we get, just grateful for the people that we run across, you know, because everybody's played a, played a hand in the success. And so I really just want to pat them on the back as well, you know. Absolutely, man. All right, let's get to the goods here. You have one of the most epic three-match series ever with Brent Metcalf, and I rewatched the matches this morning. Let's start with match one. What did you know about Metcalf going into that first match where you splayed on him? Uh, well, I already knew who he was, you know? He won Fargo's. He won. Like, he was like this guy that was like Tom Brands' protege, you know? going from Virginia Tech to, like, I already knew this kid, you know, him and Slater, those were the two guys, like, to me, like, man, I don't know, I don't even want to be in any divisions, but now, like, I'm stuck in, like, my body's, this is my body, like, you know? Uh, so that that's, that's kind of where I was, like, you know, you don't want to have to wrestle these guys, you know? But um, 
it just so happened I, I ain't no bitch. So I'm like, I, I like most guys don't want to wrestle these guys. Me, I, you know, I'm all for it, right? But I already knew about Brent, right? And so I think like that week I had gotten gotten to a car accident. I'm, I'm texting. This is when like the new slide phones, like they just started coming up with the slide phones and. You know, you don't have to flip it no more. I'm over here, like, texting, eating Subway, driving, driving with my knee. I'm like, you know, like, and I, I just remember freaking waking up and me flooring the gas. I'm, like, pressing on the pedal. Um, but I had hit a, a car. And so I wound up knocking myself out totaling my car and I got to wrestle Metcalf like a couple of days later. I remember my dad's like, oh, well, if you beat this guy, get you a new car, you know? So uh, that's what I did. I went out there and was like, that was my first experience uh, against, uh, I wrestled I wrestled national champs before, like Ryan, well, Ryan didn't win that, so he's runner up, but you know, that was my freshman year too. But I wrestled High ranked guys, but nobody like Metcalf or Slater, you know. And so, um, so I wound up. Uh, it was this small little dual meet. We had Iowa there, we had NC State there, then we had like two or three other smaller schools, you know, which is mm -hmm. kind of crazy. Like it was like small, small schools. We were all in the, like a little gym in Ohio, a packed out gym. It was packed for a little, for it to be a little gym. It was packed out. Uh, but it was like, it was two mats on there on a, and we had like a little dual showdown, you know? And uh, Russell Metcalf, yeah, I, I just went out there and dogged him, you know? Did my, what I normally do. I took a, a low single, set him up. I knew he was going to try to, do his front headlock thing because he's really good in the front headlock, right? So after I took the shot, I went for a drag, which is typical. I, if you, if you, if there's any film on on me out there, a lot of my splatos come from drags or a shot, like, like from a, a collar tie to a drag or a shot, drag out, you know, to where I go hip to hip from there, you know? I'm dragging out, getting hip to hip with guys, stuffing their head and splayed on them. No, it was just normal. Like I've been doing that since sophomore year of high school, like fluidly, <laughs> you know. And so uh I, I wound up pinning him. He's pissed off, ran through, ran through the door, kicked the door. Like, oh fuck, this guy is really crazy. Even when he loses, he like that. Right, cool. So um was that yeah, that was that was that, and then that that same year he wound up going on going on to win nationals um, in our in our weight class. Crazy weight class. Crazy weight class. Loon is so deep. Yeah, I think he was supposed to wrestle Bubba because Bubba was number two. I was number three in the weight class, uh, and Bubba pulled out of the all-star match. This is the following year. Oh, so he wound up beating Bubba. Bubba beat me 
at Nationals in the semifinals. He wound up beating Bubba. Then him and Bubba were supposed to wrestle in the All-Star match the following year. And Bubba pulled out, and they called me, and I'm like, of course I'm trying to wrestle in the All-Star match. I'm fresh off the couch, blunt in hand, everything. Like, you know, I didn't really care. Right? I was just, I mean, no secret, you know? But I'm fresh off the couch, called me from Metcalf, and I'm like, all right, cool. I go out there and underperformed ridiculously, or he just overperformed. He just did what he was supposed to do. He went out there and wiped the white Like I think it was like something crazy, 18 at three or something. I don't even think I even scored that many points. That's how bad it was. But I, I remember shaking hands, having a slap contest. Next thing I look up, he getting his hand raised, I'm teched. <clears throat> cool. I'm like, all right, cool. But my dad didn't like that, you know? My dad was like, I don't care how, how you, like, how much, how unfocused you were, you shouldn't lose like this, like, you know? And so he was on, like, you know, he was on me all year. He's like, you just beat him last year. Like, you got you got stopped, like, you know? So I'm like, all right. So I got it together, you know? I really focused out on that 2009, 2008, 2009 season. And when Nationals came around, you know, I just had one goal. And obviously it was being national champ, but, you know, I wanted to show what I did, how I played with this guy wasn't a fluke, like, you know? Like what he did was a fluke, you know. I was fresh off the couch again. Like this, it wasn't like it was just a preseason me. And so, did that match shake I, your confidence at all? The the All Star meet. I just again, I just I was again. I I knew, I know myself, you know. And uh, I'm like, oh, if I could pin this guy, if I, but that was that was the thing. Everybody except Heinrich Barnes, who I didn't wrestle. I don't know, you can go do the research. Maybe I could be wrong, but every single person from one through what? Seven, I think Aaron Barnes took eight or he took seven. One, or is one through eight and Aaron Barnes. But I beat at all of them and I pinned them all. You know, Lance Palmer. Um, uh, who else was who, who else was in that? The Chirella. Was Chirella. Chirella was maybe not. not maybe that was the previous year. Chirella was the year before. Chirella was the year before. I, I did beat Chirella, but I, I I didn't pin him. And in Nationals, I didn't really give a fuck the second time. You know, I should have. Chirella was a tough guy, though. You got Rochelle, Patiskel. Yeah, pinned yeah. them both and beat them both. I pinned them both and beat them. So I got multiple wins on every single guy. You're talking about Jake Patterson, Kyra Shell, talking uh, Bryce Sidoris, right? Pinned them all. And, and and these are Olympians and all that stuff, you know? But this is before the injury, you know? Could, like, they so could, like, it was like literally a walk in the park with these guys. But those are, those are um, stats that people really care about. Me, I'm like, it, it wasn't a question if I was better than Metcalf or or these guys because every time I wrestled them, I would I'd pin them all and beat them all, you know? So not only did I figure out a way to beat them through points, I figured out a way to stick them. So. Dude, let's walk us through the Metcalf match. Dude, one of the craziest just action-packed matches I've seen. Yeah, man. I knew I, I, knew I was going to be a national champ by the time I left, you know? It, was, it wasn't... Anything, any like 
it wasn't nothing he could do to stop that, you know. Uh, it was just destiny. Uh, I, I was feeling good. I was feeling explosive. I was feeling fast. Uh, and I was just, again, throughout the tournament, it was easy. You know, I didn't have any dog fights. You know, I didn't have any one old matches, two old matches. It was, it was I was beating guys decisively, you know. So I, I felt like I was ahead of everybody. Obviously, I knew <clears throat> Metcalf was going to be the one, you know. Uh, at, obviously, my first my first thought was, all right, I got to beat Bubba. This is the year I got to beat Bubba to beat, like, because he's not going to beat Metcalf. In my head, you know, so I, I gotta be, I gotta be Bubba, you know. So Bubba wound up taking an injury earlier or something like that to Bloomsburg guy, and then I was just like, oh man, this is about to be a walk in the park. So it was a walk in the park to to get to the finals, you know. Um, that's just how, I mean, I hate to say it, but that's how just how much better I was in the field, you know, like. They were all good. They were all good in their own rights, but they just couldn't fuck with me. You know, I was just too gifted on that mat, you know? I was too good on the mat. And, dude, what impressed me in the finals with Metcalf, you come out explosive, takedown, then you throw a headlock. Like, you were, you had no respect out there. You were just going crazy. Definitely didn't respect him, but, you know, I felt disrespected, you know? Anytime... Anybody step on the mat, you, you just got to feel like, oh, this motherfucker think he can beat me. Okay. You know, so that's just the mentality that I have. And, you know, uh, that's what I brought out with me. And it showed, you know. What memories do you have of the match? Or did you just kind of go blackout during it? Uh, definitely the scramble. That scramble, I remember like, all right, he don't feel... He don't feel that scramble, you know? Like, even though it was like a slow scramble, that first scramble was a slow one, I felt like he didn't feel scrambling. So I was just like, man, anytime I, like, I was finished rest, I'm wrestling last, I'm winning the positions. Like, you know? Like, it just, I don't know what it was, what he was doing early on preseason, but. He, or what I was doing, but he just felt different during during, during that national final, you know? You were so, or he was so deep on one of the, it was like a, there's two big scramble sequences, and then you kept hipping, kept hipping, come out on top, and I think that's when, you know, at a certain point, it breaks the will to be in that deep, and multiple times have you scramble out, and not to mention the offense that you were throwing at him. It's like, that's a tough, that's a tough situation. For sure. It, it, it's the, the actual match seems a lot longer than it was, you know. Um, it seemed like I was wrestling him for a decade, you know. I was just like, man, when is this match going to end? But, you know, I, I was in it the whole time, you know. Yeah, and was there, like, any bit of a rivalry, like a beef going into it for you, or was that more uh, after the fact? Well, uh, it wasn't a rivalry until – I beat him, you know, and even though we didn't wrestle again after that, you know, uh, until I beat him at Nash, like at Nationals, you know, it wasn't like, but unfortunately that my injury cut me short, you know, so it really never turned out to be a rivalry because 
had I not get, got injured, I'd have been back the next following year. We would have been wrestling again, you know. What do you, I think he was he was wrestling, dude. Man, God knows what he's doing with, with people, you know. Like, like he really does, cause he's like DC. We need to slow down. We gotta slow you down with this injury, you know. Um, because I really feel like I would just separate myself from everybody, you know. Um, being like one of the younger guys on that national team that year, that summer, you know, I would just separate myself from from the field. You know, and I, and so it just is what it is, you know. But I really feel like that injury was a blessing in disguise, you know, because had I not hit rock bottom in the sport, um, probably wouldn't have found a new love for another, you know. Um, so, and now I you're really back just, into now you're back into coaching. You said a little bit, right? Are you getting back into wrestling? Yeah, actually. One of the uh, vets at at my gym here in uh, Florida, he just started up a, a wrestling program, uh, and so he invited me to his his uh, his class yesterday, and I was that was the first time I've done like coached a, a class since I think I was in. Well, I was coaching a lot of wrestling at a jiu-jitsu gym, but. It's been since two, like 2015, you know, so mm -hmm. really since since I really honed in and started focusing on fighting is when I kind of shifted out of coaching and or wrestling, you know, and so um, it's good to get, get my hands back on these kids and um, just, just get my knowledge out, you know. Absolutely, man. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been awesome to talk through your story and, and kind of get inside your mind uh, how you thought about some of these things. The last question we always ask people is, how did wrestling change your life? What's been the biggest impact for you? Uh, wrestling has changed my life in, life in many ways. I'd say one of the biggest impacts that it's made on me is uh, just creating discipline in, at an earlier age. Uh, in areas where I, I normally wouldn't have had it. Uh, I feel like wrestling just, without wrestling, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here, you know? And when, when I say here, I, I mean, just, I mean, just look at, look at, look at the life wrestling's created for me. In all honesty, like, I'm from Jersey, you know? I got beautiful French Bulldogs right here, you know? <laughs> the pool in my backyard, you know, like this is this is what wrestling's done for me, you know. Like it created an opportunity, you know, to to be able to live a lifestyle that I want, you know. So I'm not trying to brag, but what wrestling has done for me is a lot. I love it, man. That's a great way to sign off, Darren Caldwell. It's been fun. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life with Darian Caldwell. You can follow Wrestling Changed My Life on Instagram at Wrestling Changed My Life, on Twitter at WCML Podcast. And our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com, has our online store as well as all past episodes. Last but not least, check us out on YouTube where we post a full video component of each interview. Just search for Wrestling Changed My Life on YouTube. That's it. Thanks for tuning in to Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!